Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Bobby Podcast. My name is Bobby Kazmaier. And for the last year and a half, I've been creating content on TikTok and through this podcast, navigating my experiences in ED recovery, what I've learned in recovery, um, how I've been able to overcome certain struggles with EDs and recovery, going through all my experiences, sharing them with you guys, because I've found a true passion for helping and inspiring others going through similar struggles I was going through with food Um, and now using my experiences and learning from them to share that knowledge with others. And I want to reiterate the fact with this podcast, I am simply sharing my own experiences. I am not a licensed nutritionist. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not an eating disorder recovery coach. I'm not certified, not licensed in anything. I'm simply sharing my own experiences through eating disorder recovery. Um, Through this last year and a half, I've been able to grow a following of over 200,000 people on TikTok, which to this day still blows my mind. Um, But like I said, I've been able to use my platform on TikTok to Um, help others, make others feel less alone um, if they're struggling with food or body image or anything along those lines. And it's truly been amazing. Um, And I love this podcast, especially because I love the fact that I'm able to express what I want to say in a longer form of content. There's only so much you can fit into a TikTok or an Instagram reel. Um, Being able to just sit with a microphone and just really be authentic for 30 minutes to an hour is amazing. Uh, it's really, it's, it's, it's truly great. It's awesome that I'm even able to do this. Um, so that being said, I really hope you enjoy the episode and thank you so much for listening. It is time for more oddly specific, great things about eating disorder recovery. Last episode, I went through um, some examples that I've personally found uh, in my experience in ED, in ED recovery that are really great things about recovery. Um, And at the end of that episode, as I I was recording it, I thought, oh, shit, this could be a good TikTok idea. So I uploaded like right after I finished recording part one of this, um, I posted a TikTok asking my TikTok supporters um, their oddly specific great things about recovery. And I got well over a thousand comments, which is amazing. Shout out to the people. That's absolutely electric. And I was reading through them and then there were so many that I could resonate with too. So I want to share more of those on this episode because there's just so many that I didn't even think of. And I was like, oh shit, that's right. Like this is also a great thing about recovery and this and that. Like, so there are so many amazing examples and I want to share them. So let's just get right into it. It's part two of oddly specific great things about eating disorder recovery. 
Okay, first up, <laughs> it is okay to drink your calories. Yes, it is okay to drink your calories. I, I drink my calories all the time now, whether that's chocolate milk. Um, what else do I drink besides chocolate milk? Orange juice, um, regular milk. I recently started getting into drinking regular milk for the first time. Um, what else? Uh, if I go to a restaurant, I'll get like soda, like actual soda, not just like a diet Coke. I'll get like actual soda. I'm not the biggest soda person, but like on rare occasion, I'll get myself a soda when I go out to eat. Um, what else? Um, but no, just drinking your calories. Like, I don't know. Like there's, there's always just for anyone who's dealt with an ED, I think, or at least for a lot of people who've dealt with EDs, um, there's like this massive stigma against drinking your calories. Cause at least in my experience, it feels like a, a quote unquote waste of calories. Like you don't want to waste your calories on liquids for some reason. Um, because in your head, you only have a set number of calories you should eat and you want to chew them. You don't want to, you don't want to drink them. I get, I don't know. It's every time I, I talk about, I, I openly talk about things that like my brain tries to tell me, it just makes me realize how ridiculous it actually sounds out loud. <laughs> like really my brain was so against like drinking calorie. Like it's just, it's craziness. But now that I've, you know, found a good sense of food freedom and I'm in recovery and and like I'd start drinking my calories and everything is okay. Like everything is okay. Um, like I said, whether it be a protein shake, a juice, milk, um, soda, like anything like it, it, my life is not worse because of that. Like you can drink your calories and it's such a relieving feeling too, being able to do that instead of always like, cause like one of the worst anxieties, I'm sure a lot of people who have struggled with, um, an ED before can, relate to is like, say you're out to eat and you order like a diet Coke or a diet Pepsi or just a diet soda, for example. And there's that little anxiety or fear that like, they're going to give you the regular version. Cause like you can't check yourself. Um, but that anxiety is now gone because there's nothing to worry about. Like there's no, like it's, it's just calories, man. Like that's all it is. There's nothing wrong with drinking your calories. It's totally okay. Um, I promise something bad will go awry if, um, if you decide to drink your calories, um, that is like one of the biggest steps. I think one of the biggest hurdles for a lot of people to overcome. It took me a while to overcome that as well. Um, but once you realize that nothing bad is going to happen, if you decide to drink your calories, it, everything like food becomes a lot easier, especially when you're out in public settings, like, like, like a restaurant where you don't have control, like, or like you're not, you can't watch the server pour your drink for you. Like, you, like you don't know, like, Cause I'm sure there have been there. I'm sure there have been times where I've ordered like a diet Coke or diet Pepsi and they come back with the regular kind. I, I haven't known, but I had that anxiety and that fear while I would drink it. But now that's gone now because I drink my calories and or like, it's okay to drink your calories. I have that engraved in my mind now. Like there's nothing wrong with drinking your calories. Um, Cause I, I do understand how, how much of a struggle that that can be for a lot of, a lot of people. And you know, I was there too. I was there for a long time. Um, but now I love drinking my calories. You know, it's just, I don't think anything of it. I don't think anything of it anymore. Um, I mean, I still drink um, liquids that are low in calorie or zero calorie. Like I still drink those on occasion because honestly, hot take, I think diet Coke tastes better than regular Coke, but you know, that's just, that's just a hot take I have, but I don't drink diet Coke because it's zero calorie. I drink it because it's 
because it tastes good. Um, so I don't know. I just have a hot, that's my hot take. I think Diet Coke tastes better than regular Coke. Um, <laughs> but, but just finding that balance and accepting that like, it's okay to drink your calories. Like it is okay. I promise it is not the end of the world. Nothing bad will happen to you. Um, so drink your calories. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. The next oddly specific great thing about ED recovery, not measuring your peanut butter. That's a big one. That's a big step. That's a huge step. Um, just or just measuring food in general or not measuring food in general. That's that's a huge step because measuring is what makes you feel like you have a sense of control. Um, like you feel like you have the control over the food because you're literally um, measuring how much of something you're going to put into your food or how much you're going to eat. Um, but the more and more you do that, the food's going to end up having more control over you. Um, cause I, you know, I would measure my food religiously when I was in the depths of my ED and, um, anytime I had no control over the measure of the food, like if I was out somewhere and someone, I don't know if I, if I was out somewhere and, um, I got like a burger or something, I couldn't, I don't know, weigh out or measure out how much meat was in there. Um, or if someone, if I was out and someone made me like a peanut butter sandwich and I, that I didn't make, uh, I had no idea how much peanut butter they put in there. And that would like really freak me out. Um, so <laughs> you realize that the food actually has more control over you when you don't have control over how much you put in. I don't know. I just said control like 30 million times, but if that makes sense, I, I think that makes sense <laughs> when you don't have control over how much you can put into the food that's when you realize the food has control over you when uh, only if that like freaks you out or you get anxiety about it um that's when you truly realize that oh shit like this is not good that i can't eat this without knowing exactly how much of it is in here um if that makes sense um, so not measuring your peanut butter, it's such a relieving feeling because a lot of pretty much all of these like specific things about eating recovery, um, once you do them more and more, you realize how little impact it has on you. Like me not measuring my peanut butter anymore has had no detrimental impact to my life. It, it It's changed nothing really. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna say it's changed nothing because it's changed my thought process, my mentality for the better. So it's changed that in a good way. But in terms of just my overall life, like nothing about me has changed because I no longer weigh my food or measure my food or like um, nothing about that has changed. So like, you know, like I said, the more repetitions you get in with this kind of stuff, like with not measuring your peanut butter, not using a food scale, um, anything like that, it just becomes so much easier over time because once you realize like you have evidence that, oh shit, nothing, nothing has gone wrong. Like I've been, you know, say you've, you've gone a week without measuring food and it's like, oh shit, a whole week's gone by and nothing bad has happened to me. So the more evidence you have with this kind of stuff, the easier it gets to continue to do so. Um, and that goes with anything in ED recovery, but especially something like this, <laughs> not measuring your peanut butter and just putting it like, like for me, I eat oatmeal with peanut butter, banana and cinnamon every single day. So I eat peanut butter every single day and I will take a giant scoop every day with the biggest spoon I have and plop it in my oatmeal. And I don't know how much is in there. I don't know how many grams of peanut butter are in there. I don't know 
how many tablespoons of peanut butter are in there, but there, it, all that matters is that there's enough for it to taste really good. <laughs> and that's, that's all that matters to me. And it satisfies me and it fuels me and it, it's just amazing. So as scary as it is, I, I totally understand how scary it is not having total control over how much food you're putting in, um, to your body. I, I, as as scary as it is, it is so worth it. The the more you keep practicing not doing it, um, and that could even just be starting out, just doing it once a day. Like if you measure out your food and you track your food every single day, every single meal or snack you consume, if you track that and you want to stop, I I recommend stopping one meal or snack at a time. Like just slowly progress your way through it. Like you know maybe start off by just not measuring your breakfast. And then do that for a couple of days or until you feel comfortable and then move on to doing breakfast and your lunch and then, you know, so on and so forth. So just if you're looking to, to no longer measure or track your food, um, I highly recommend that method. That's what I did. And I'm now at a point where I don't measure or track anything unless it's for like a recipe where like, obviously if you put too much or too little of something, it's going to affect the outcome of the recipe. Um, <laughs> so that's where it's, I think that's where I think it's acceptable to measure things. Um, but, um, it's just, it's, it's been so nice to like, just eat how much I think I want versus the fixed amount my brain says I should have. So not measuring, not measuring your peanut butter or anything is a huge step in recovery. And if you can achieve that, that is totally awesome. Up next, you reach a point where fear foods are not fearful anymore. When I read that comment that that hit because like it, it, it's, it's true. Um, former fear foods. I mean, we, we all have them. Um, as you continue to eat them, like, like I just mentioned the previous segment, like the more and more reps, the more and more times you, you do a certain tactic in recovery, the easier it gets. And the same thing applies to eating fear foods. Um, for example, one of my biggest fear foods over the last couple of years is trail mix. Um, cause when I first dealt with binge eating my freshman year of college, I would only binge eat trail mix and <laughs> I couldn't eat it for like two years. Cause I, every time I would see it, I would just get reminded of the binge eating episodes and I'd fear that I would just, um, fall back into those habits. So I just completely avoided it. And I, every time I saw it, I just, I, I could barely look at it. Um, cause I was just constantly reminded of those experiences. Um, but you know, recently I I've, I got back into it in a healthy and moder moderate way. I was about to say moderation. That didn't make sense grammatically, but like I've, I've been able to enjoy it again in moderation um, because there's nothing inherently wrong with trail mix. Like I said, you know, it all starts with not viewing foods as good or bad. Um, and I think I placed trail mix as a bad food because I directly tied it back into my binge eating experience um, from a few years back. So in my head, I'm just like, Nope, that's a bad food. I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I just can't eat it. But you know, now that I place no moral value on food, trail mix is just trail mix at this point. <laughs> so I've slowly been able to, um, bring it back into my, um, diet. Um, I hate saying diet, but just my overall diet, <laughs> uh, my consistent overall diet. 
Um, and trail mix is really good. That's the thing. Like I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't um, allow myself to eat it for a couple of years, even though it's really good. I love eating trail mix. It's really good. Um, especially, I mean, obviously the ones that have the M and M's in it are just superior. Um, <laughs> and the little, um, the peanut, like the peanut chocolates, if you know what I'm talking about, um, like in the monster mix ones, those are, those are so good. Um, so I deprived myself of eating a food that I thought was good for a couple of years because I was afraid of falling back into old habits with binge eating because I directly associated trail mix with binge eating, but that doesn't have to be the case. Um, all foods are acceptable. There is no food should be viewed as off limits. Um, it's, it's, it's really a huge and remarkable achievement when you can get to a point where you can look at a food that you used to fear. Um, for example, bagels. I know a lot of people struggle with bagels, which it makes sense. I understand why. Like a bagel or cream cheese is one of the, the greatest gifts on, on this, on this earth. But, um, a lot of people struggle with, with it. They, they view bagels as a fear food, which I totally understand. Um, but just <laughs> being able to go get a bagel and eat it and enjoy it and realize you're going to be fine. Like you're going to be fine. That food has no power over you at all. It, it just doesn't. It has zero power over you. And something I've been trying to um, acclimate for myself to my in my mind every time I eat something that either I used to fear, I used to view, view as a bad food is just think about all the good things it's doing for your body because every food does something for your body. Yes. Some, some do more than others. Um, but every food does something for you. <laughs> that bagel will give you fuel to go on with the rest of your morning. It's just placing thoughts like that into your mind instead of, Oh, this bagel is going to make me gain weight. Or this bagel is so bad for me. It's just not true. It's not true. Every food does something good for you. It's just some do more than others. And that's okay. That's why it's acceptable to eat any and all foods because every food does something for you. Um, so getting to a point where you can look at a past fear food and realize, oh shit, this is just a bagel or this is just pasta. This is just a slice of pizza. This is just a cupcake. That's all it is. It's nothing more, nothing less. <laughs> so when you eat it and I, I keep coming back to the same point, but when you eat it and you realize that, oh shit, nothing about me has changed. I'm totally fine. Like if anything, I feel better that I ate it now and I can just move on and also know that I can have this food whenever I want to. So I don't have to overeat on it now and restrict it later. I don't have to do any of those things because it's going to be there whenever I want it to be. Um, so just being able to just sit down um, and look at a, a past fear food and be able to enjoy it and not freak out about it, not worry about it, not stress out about it is one of the greatest things about ED recovery for sure. Another spectacular part about eating disorder recovery is eating on your body's clock and not the time clock. <laughs> um, this is a huge one. Um, I think I think I've used that descriptive adjective uh, for every single one of these, but it's a huge step um, because I, this is something I've struggled with even like until recently um, and still do sometimes. Um, there will be times where you, you'll you'll think like, 
okay, I'm hungry, but it's only five o'clock and I should wait to eat dinner until six because that's a more acceptable time to eat dinner. But it's like, no, like if you're hungry, you should go eat something. Um, it's like I mentioned in the previous episode, I talked about um, like if you're hungry while you're cooking something, it's okay to snack while you're cooking because if you're hungry, you should honor that hunger and not wait until you finish cooking your meal. Same thing applies here. If you're hungry at two o'clock and you don't normally get hungry at two o'clock, go eat at two o'clock. It doesn't matter. I, like your body's clock is way more important than the, than the time clock. Um, there's no acceptable time uh, or there's no one specific time to, to eat something or to eat in general. There's no one specific time for that. It's when you are hungry. And the biggest analogy that I like to um, incorporate with this is the the peeing uh, analogy, which I think I made a TikTok on before, but I don't remember where I first heard this from. But um, you wouldn't, like if you had to pee, you're not going to say, oh, I'll just wait till three o'clock to pee, even though it's two o'clock and I really have to go. No, you're, you're going to go. Like you're going to go at two o'clock. And the same thing should apply to food. Like you shouldn't um, have to wait to eat something. And I get it. I know it's tough because, you know, we're always taught that, oh, breakfast should be at a certain time, lunch should be at a certain time, dinner should be at a certain time, and then dessert and so on and so forth. Um, That doesn't have to be the case. Like if you're hungry at 4.30 p.m. and you want to go eat dinner, go for it. If you want to have dinner or if you want to have lunch at 10.30 in the morning, go for it. I mean, honestly, if you want to scrap the the titles breakfast lunch dinner all together be my guest like that like that's totally um th- it's totally allowed like it's totally allowed um and if you're hungry at 11 45 p.m go eat something if you you know go eat like it's not a oh i shouldn't be eating past this hour or um you know anything like that like you you should eat when you're hungry. It doesn't matter what time that is because your body has no idea what time it is. It has no idea. The only thing your body knows is that it's hungry and it wants you to go honor that shit. So if you're hungry at a certain time where you're not normally hungry, I get it. It's really tough because then you know it throws off your entire uh, perceived clock you've built in for yourself over the years dealing with something like this because I've done that for myself too. Like I I used to like map out when exactly I would eat every single day, like (laughs) based on my schedule. And I get it. It's like, sometimes it's tough because yes, if you have a very busy life, very busy day, you have a lot of shit going on. It's totally understandable if you have to push, um, push up a meal or a snack just to, just to like you make sure you do eat that. I, I understand that. Um, but if you're just, if you have nothing going on at the moment and you're hungry, you shouldn't have to wait or you shouldn't wait to eat at a more quote unquote acceptable or appropriate time. Cause that just doesn't exist. Time is not real. <laughs> um, no. But um, there, there's no need to wait because you, you know, if you're hungry, go eat something. Like I said, just think of the peeing analogy. You, you wouldn't restrict your or resist from using the bathroom when you have to use the bathroom. Like, so the same should apply to food. Like your body's letting you know it's signaling to you that it's hungry and it it needs nutrients. It wants something. So go 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 give it some. It's <laughs> and it and again, this is one of those things where it's like when you say it out loud, it's like, oh my God, it's so true. Um, and it sounds so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, like obviously if you're hungry, you should eat. But I get it, it's so tough to because we just engrave in our in our brains that like we should eat at certain times. 
and we should never eat dinner at four o'clock because that's just socially unacceptable. And now we can't eat till later. I don't know. It's just, it feels like your brain's going at a million miles a minute when you start thinking like this. And I totally understand it. Um, <laughs> so more of the story with this one is once you get to a point where you can, where you allow yourself to eat when you're hungry, you start to consistently um, recognize your body's true hunger signals and fullness cues. And that's when you can be, you know, that's when you can eat more intuitively. Um, Cause if you, if you always wait to eat at a certain time, if you say, Oh, I'm going to eat dinner at seven o'clock PM every single night. Um, that's not being fully in tune with your hunger and fullness cues. Um, Cause you know, there could be a time where you're ravishly hungry at six o'clock. You like, you know, now you got to wait another hour to eat something. And then that might lead you to overeating because you waited a whole hour to eat and now you're three times as hungry and now you're just going to be inclined to overeat. Um, so it honestly, just, if you're hungry, just eat. I promise it's going to be okay. <laughs> I promise if you, if you have lunch an hour early or an hour late, um, it's going to be fine. I promise. I know it's tough, but you can do it. It's one of, it's one of the best things because you can start to eat intuitively. Um, and the more you practice with intuitive eating, the, the better, food gets i don't know I, I don't know but <laughs> um i would give it a shot i know this is one of the harder things about recovery is going on your body's clock instead of your own clock um and what the time clock says but once you get to a point where you can be okay with eating whenever your body tells you it wants to eat then food becomes a lot less daunting not scanning the menu hours in advance to going out to eat this one. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Th this is a, this is a big deal. This is a big deal because I would do this all the time. I, I would find out I'm going out to eat, going out to dinner, going out to lunch and hours, sometimes even days before I would look up the menu of the place we're going to eat and to look for either the lowest calorie options or the, the quote unquote healthiest options. Um, because, you know, on the, on the online site, they'll, they'll list the calories, but they might not on the, uh, the in-person menu. So you don't know. And it's that fear of like, I don't know how many calories I'm eating. And you, you like, you need to have that sense of control with food. Um, so in order to, um, have that control, you, you look up the menu to see what you can eat and what you can't eat in your, in your brain. And it's so messed up because you should just you should get what you what you want to eat when you go out to eat. Going out to eat is one of the greatest things about food. Like being able to experience either new foods, one of your favorite foods, um, and just a great relaxed environment is awesome. And you shouldn't restrict yourself on an occasion like that because going out to eat is a privilege. It's an occasion. Um, it's something that should be an enjoyable experience. And you're not going to want to eat you know, unless you're craving it, of course, but you're not going to want to eat, I don't know, a Caesar salad with, I mean, Caesar salads are good. Don't get me wrong. But if you're ordering a Caesar salad because you don't want to get a burger because you're afraid of how many calories you're in it, then it's, it sucks because I've been there. It sucks because you regret not, you're in a tough divide between regretting not getting the food you really want and feeling guilty about getting the food 
you wanted if you were to get it, if that makes sense. Because like if I if I go in and I really want this like double bacon cheeseburger from this restaurant, I'm either gonna get it and feel like shit for eating it, or I'm not gonna get it and feel like shit for not getting it. And then it's just a constant like it it's like you can't win and it it's so frustrating. Um but just whenever this happens to me, because I don't I don't do this anymore. I mean, I if I were to look up the menu before I go, it's really just to see what kind of options they have. Um, and it's really only if I'm going to a place I've never been to before. Cause you know, nine times out of 10, I'm going to a restaurant I've already been to before. So I know what kind of food they have. So I don't need to look up the menu in advance um, because I, I just know what they have already. But if I'm going to a new place, then yeah, sure. I'll may- maybe I'll look it up to see what kind of food they have, but I'm not looking it up to see how many calories are in the food and um, what's the lowest calorie option and what, what I shouldn't eat, what, what I should avoid. Like, that's just, it's such a, it's such a waste of time because like, you know, and with this stuff, this is where I channel the memories over macros because I'd rather have the memory of getting this delicious double bacon cheeseburger with my friends or my family going out to this amazing restaurant. I'd rather have that than eat and be quote unquote good and get the Caesar salad and have a shitty time. You know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> it's, I get, I, again, I get, I, I understand all of these because I've been, I've been through all of this and it sucks, um, to deal with something like this because you feel like you're the only one that's going through that. Like other, you'll see other people go to a restaurant, they'll get whatever they want and they move on and they're fine. But it's like, it feels like a whole event to like, it feels like you're going to two things. The first event is to look up the menu in advance and see what you can and cannot eat in your mind. And the second event is to actually go to the restaurant and, pace around and and feel anxious about the food you're getting and it sucks it feels like a whole event it just tires you out um it wears you down it's it sucks but i promise <laughs> a meal from a restaurant getting exactly what you want from a restaurant or if you go out to mcdonald's at one in the morning and you get a i don't know a a big mac and fries at one in the morning like that you're going to cherish that memory way more than the than the, I don't know, um, temporary bout of, um, uh, success, I guess, of getting the lower calorie option. Like you're going to cherish the memory of getting a double bacon cheeseburger with your best friends at two in the morning way more. I promise you, like, it's not like having these memories is so more important. It's so much more important than being quote unquote good all the time. Because again, if you, if you have that mindset, that means you're placing a moral value on, on food. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm going to get this food because it's a good food. I'm not going to get this food because it's a bad food, but there are no such thing as good or bad foods. <laughs> and I think I mentioned this in the previous episode, a lot of these specific tactics all tie back into the same main ideas. You know, f- uh, there's no food that are good and bad for you. Um, um, I'm really, uh, I'm really blanking now. <laughs> There's no, not placing more value on food, not measuring food, not, do, not doing these things. They all tie back to the same main points that will improve your relationship with food. Listening to your hunger and fullness cues. Here we go. Um, drinking your cow, like all, like all this stuff, like it will all tie back um, into these big man ideas. And the more and more you do these things, the easier it's going to get. Um, I know I keep saying that, but it's really true. Like, with anything, the more practice you get playing the piano, the better pianist you're going to be. The more the more reps you get in playing basketball, the better basketball player you're going to be. Um, it's the same thing that same thing applies to food. It's the same. It's the same. 
the more and more you, you practice these um, recovery tactics and ideas and experiences, the easier it's going to be and the better you're going to feel, the less anxious you'll feel. It's, it's going to be, it's awesome. It, it is awesome. And, you know, it's not to say that every day is going to be perfect. And I say that all the time. Recovery is not linear. linear. You're going to have shitty days, shitty experiences. It's good. It's going to suck sometimes, but as long as you know, you're actively trying to make progress, then there's, you, sh- you there's no need to get down on yourself because you know, you're trying to become a better person because of it. Um, and you're trying to develop a better relationship with food and you know that, <laughs> Um, so as long as you know, you're actively making progress or trying to make progress, that's all that matters. Um, try not to get down on yourself on a bad day, a bad meal, a bad experience, because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. It sucks that it's inevitable, but it's going to happen, but it's how you bounce back from that and not dwelling on it. Like it's same. Oh, I say this all the time with, with binge eating. Like if you have a binge one day, don't dwell on the binge. Cause too, like it happened, like the binge happened. You binge, it happened. Okay. But don't dwell on it. Maybe, you know, something I've been doing, you know, when I was struggling with binge eating a couple months back is I would become curious about it. Like, okay, why did I just binge? Why, why did this happen? Um, instead of being pissed and feeling guilty and shame about it, I just become, okay, like, okay, this happened. I can't change it now. Um, so why did this happen? What can I do to change this? changing your mindset, flipping that mindset on not just with, you know, this binge eating example, but with all aspects of food, like how can I make this better? How can I become better at this tomorrow? How can I learn from this and move on and ultimately become better? (laughs) And as long as you are consciously aware that you are doing these things, this shit will get easier. I know it may not seem like it, but it will get easier. I promise it gets easier. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bobby podcast. If you found this episode relatable, if you resonated with it in any way, if it made you feel less alone, that's truly amazing. That's incredible. Um, Because that's the goal of this podcast. I really want to make and help others feel less alone, whatever they're going through, because this, this stuff is tough, you know, like ED recovery is tough and I never want anyone to feel alone in this because I know there were times I felt alone. So, um, I never want anyone to feel alone. So if you um, found this episode enjoyable, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Check out my TikToks. Um, I will leave all those links in the description. I really appreciate you listening. You're all the best. Have a great rest of your day.